You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Probiotics, a lot of hype, or can they really help our patients? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and with me today is Dr. Lynn McFarland, Affiliate Associate Professor at the University of Washington and member of the VA Puget Sound Healthcare System in Seattle, and we are discussing the use of probiotics in the treatment of diarrhea. Thank you for being with us, Dr. McFarland. You're welcome. A lot of people have come into my office asking when I go to Mexico, should I take some lactobacillus or when I get the runs after taking my erythromycin, should I eat yogurt? Is there really a case for using probiotics in diarrhea? There actually is. The majority of evidence for probiotics efficacy comes from diarrhea. It makes sense because there's a lot of different types of diarrhea that are caused by uh, imbalances to the GI flora, your normal microbial flora in the intestines. Actually, besides digesting your food and and helping you absorb vitamins, has a phenomenon called colonization resistance. And it's basically a barrier effect that fights off invading pathogens, the very normal thing that most people have. But when that barrier effect is disrupted, you're susceptible to colonization by pathogens and people often get disease. And that explains why people get diarrhea after they receive antibiotic for perhaps like pneumonia or skin infection. What happens is that that antibiotic is a good thing because it goes after whatever's causing your infection. But a side effect of it is that it, it also wipes out a great deal of your normal flora in your gut. So when you're starting to take antibiotics and you're feeling a little queasy and you suddenly develop diarrhea, you're basically developed uh, diarrhea because your intestinal flora is not is not happy and it has been disrupted. And that is distinct from what I guess would be a further step when Clostridium difficile would take over. Right. It's a couple-step process. You take something that disrupts your normal flora, your normal flora dies off, and it sort of opens up a window that pathogens can come and attach to. If it's Clostridium difficile, it's one type of pathogen that can cause antibiotic-associated diarrhea, and it causes about 25% of the cases of antibiotic-associated diarrhea. The other kinds, we don't really know what what the etiology is that causes that, but it can be staph or other types of bacteria. This also explains why when people are traveling, stress actually will disrupt your normal flora, and, and you're in a different environment, you're in different time zones. All this affects your body and affects your, your flora, and that's something that people didn't really realize or appreciate was how traveling disrupts your normal flora. That also opens up susceptibilities, and usually when you're traveling, you're out having a good time, and you don't really think about, well, should I have this daiquiri with this suspicious ice? I don't know where that came from. What the heck? I'm on vacation. And then a couple days later, you start getting diarrhea, and you're going, ah, I shouldn't have had that. So the problem is, is that what do you do? You can travel with additional antibiotics, but a lot of the traveler's diarrhea is caused by viruses. Like when they close down cruise ships, it's mostly due to the norovirus. So antibiotics wouldn't even help you at that point. A lot of the kinds of viruses that are out there that cause diarrhea, you can't use antibiotics to treat them. And so you're basically stuck. So probiotics are a really nice alternative. You can take them. uh, They've been shown to be quite effective. For traveler's diarrhea, there have been 14 randomized controlled trials, and about 30% of them show a significant protection of traveler's diarrhea if you take that when you begin your your trip. And it's easy to take little capsules, take them usually in the morning and the evening, and take them during the duration of your trip, and, and then, you know, to kind of cover yourself a couple days later. Now, would you recommend that only for people who travel to 
Mexico and and uh, South America or, or just any travel because the flora can be disrupted by the stress of travel? That's a good question. CDC, the Centers for Communicable Disease, has a very nice website. You can go to that and click on Traveler's Diarrhea and plug in your destination, and they will tell you if it's a high risk or low risk for developing traveler's diarrhea. Basically, anything, any country along the border, along the equator, has a high risk for traveler's diarrhea. And so for, in those cases, I would definitely take probiotics as a preventive whenever you're going. And some people don't travel well, and they know that they always get sick when they travel, even if they just go to Chicago or you know visit their in-laws or something. Then that's also, if you have to kind of know your body, if you know you develop diarrhea even on the low-risk area, I'd say go ahead and try it. Sounds like it's a low-risk intervention that might really be helpful. Exactly, yeah. And again, not all probiotics are created equal. Probiotics don't work for all things. So you, if you pick one probiotic, it might be good for traveler's diarrhea. For instance, yeast, Saccharomyces boulardii, is very good for traveler's diarrhea. But if you pick the other types of lactobacillus probiotics, they're not as good for traveler's diarrhea. It sort of depends on what type of disease you want to kind of help. Look at antibiotic-associated diarrhea. See, there have been 31 trials of antibiotic-associated diarrhea and various types of probiotics. 61% of them were positive. And what's good for antibiotic-associated diarrhea? Again, the Saccharomyces boulardii is good. A lactobacillus called Lactobacillus GG. It's sold as cultural. Several types of single strains and an interesting mix. There's several people have kind of come up with their own mixtures of different types of organisms with the theory that your intestines has billions and billions of bacteria in it. So perhaps it would be better to kind of cover your bases and put a mix of bacteria. And sometimes that works and sometimes they just miss on the mixture. So that's why we have to do good randomized controlled trials. We figure out which ones work and which ones don't. You are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm speaking with Dr. Lynn McFarland, Affiliate Associate Professor at the University of Washington in Seattle, and we are discussing the use of probiotics in various types of diarrhea. Dr. McFarland, prophylactically that makes sense. Let's say someone does not take it prophylactically. They start to develop traveler's diarrhea, along with an antibiotic, would you recommend using a probiotic? Most of the randomized clinical trials have been for the prevention, but there have been only one randomized control trials that looked at it for the treatment of traveler's diarrhea, and it didn't work. The damage basically has been done. It might help you recover quicker. That hasn't really been studied, but if you think about it, if it's helping replace and and kind of create a bridge so your normal flora can can grow back and get rid of that, then I think that's a good idea, and it might help shorten the duration of diarrhea. Really, for the best way is to prevent the diarrhea from occurring. And how about treatment for Clostridium difficile? Oftentimes, we're not expecting that, and it, it can develop along with our metronidazole or oral vancomycin. Should we throw in probiotics in terms of treatment? Yeah, it's interesting because in Clostridium difficile, it is used almost extensively to look at the treatment of C. difficile. So we sort of let people develop diarrhea, usually acquired at the hospital. But recently, there's a new strain of C. difficile that's more hypervirulent. It causes more mortality. It produces more toxins. So people are really quite concerned about our C. diff infections. And what we're finding is that when you 
come into a hospital and you have diarrhea, you get diagnosed with C. difficile. So usually you've had diarrhea for a couple days. Then you begin either metronidazole or vancomycin. If you start probiotics within the couple of maybe three days, I think most studies have started it within three days of the antibiotic treatment, it makes a excellent combination treatment. Think of it as a double-barreled shotgun on one end you have the antibiotics that are killing off the Clostridium difficile and in the other barrel you have probiotics which is helping your normal flora recover. You are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman and I'm speaking with Dr. Lynn McFarland, Affiliate Associate Professor at the University of Washington in Seattle and we are discussing the use of probiotics in various types of diarrhea. Is there any role in the setting of the very common thing we see in primary care practices, the 24-hour viral gastroenteritis? Interestingly, in children, probiotics have been studied most extensively in pediatric diarrhea. There are 42 randomized controlled trials. 78% of those were positive. So we have a really excellent track record for pediatric diarrhea. And most of those pediatric diarrhea was was caused by rotavirus or another type of viral etiology. So, and it's it's especially important for kids because they're very susceptible to dehydration. And children can get sick very quickly, as you know, and mostly due to the dehydration due to diarrhea. So it's nice to be able to use probiotics. Most of those have been quite successful in helping to treat and prevent pediatric diarrhea. Let's see if I can summarize, make sure I don't make a mistake here, Dr. McFarland, for traveler's diarrhea, really best used prophylactically. Take that ahead of time. Really has not been shown to be that helpful once the diarrhea develops. Right. And then in antibiotic-associated enteritis, certainly along with antibiotics for Clostridium difficile, And do we do some prophylactic treatment if I'm going to be giving you an antibiotic for your sinusitis? Definitely. That's the best way to have that happen. And then in viral gastroenteritis, particularly in children with rotaviruses and and the like, also overwhelming number of positive studies. Right. Now, we're talking a lot about probiotics. Would you tell us a little bit about now how to choose which one and maybe tell us about your recent published work that will help guide us. In the power of probiotics, we've basically came up with five questions for consumers and physicians to kind of help you figure out whether or not a product is the same. When you go into a product, they all look great. They all appear to have good things to it, and but the problem is how do you choose a good one? The first thing you have to consider is what's the indication. So again, what's the disease that you want to treat? If you want to look at traveler's diarrhea, it's a different type of probiotic versus antibiotic-associated diarrhea or C. diff diarrhea or inflammatory bowel disease. So you have to match the type of probiotic to the type of disease. What's also a really good indication is to look at the label and see who manufactures the probiotic. If it's an established pharmaceutical company that manufactures other products. That means they have a good quality control and they're invested in the product. They want to make sure that they're producing a good product. The unfortunate thing is that you can get a lot of probiotics over the internet and there's no quality assistance. There's no quality control on that. You don't know what you're getting. And for people who have actually looked at it, they found anywhere from 40 to 75% of the strains that were listed on the label were not present in the product. And anywhere from 11 to 60% of them had less bacteria or yeast than they claimed on the label. One study back in 1990 actually found that 69% of them had contaminants. So 
that's the problem with the FDA is that they, they don't have enough personnel and money to really look at and require, there's no required manufacturing regulations like there are in prescription drugs for dietary supplements. So somebody can be making them in their bathtub, basically, and selling them. So be very cautious when you buy it over the Internet. Make sure it's associated with an established, recognized pharmaceutical company, manufacturer, or a good company that has a long history of that. The healthcare providers uh, such as myself who don't know a lot about this, once again, if you want to have a good guidebook in terms of choosing probiotics, Dr. McFarland, along with Gary Elmer, have published this book called The Power of Probiotics that should give you the information and background you need to help your patients. I want to thank Dr. Lynn McFarland, who's been our guest as we've been discussing probiotics and their use in various types of diarrhea. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.